Je luistert naar een boodschap van C3 Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c3almere.nl Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. Today I feel like God wants us to consecrate our lives afresh to Him. So as I preach, I want us to, it's a really practical message in many respects. It's a message that um, it's going to really help us in the workplace, amongst your neighbors, setting our values straight. But the heart of it is I want us to consecrate our lives to Him and make a decision that we're going to be people that make a difference, so we stand out. We're not going to be like everybody else. Jesus did not save you that you might blend in. I felt, when I gave my life to Jesus, I felt like I was an alien at school. I was a teenager and I I thought that was so bad. I thought, oh gosh, I feel like I'm so different to everybody else. As I've grown up, I've realized that's so good. (laughs) I'm so pleased that I was saved from some of the things that my friends went through when they were at school. I'm so glad I was an alien. It was a little awkward, a few years of awkwardness for me, because I hadn't quite really got filled with the Spirit and set free, but I was, I love Jesus. I don't regret it now. So if you feel like an alien in your workplace or at school or university, get bold on the inside, be happy with who you are, but don't be afraid to be an alien. Don't be afraid to be a little different. When you consecrate yourself to Jesus, you're meant to be different. You're meant to stand out. It's not like, oh, now I'm saved. I can be the best type of person who blends in. (laughs) I'll be one of those perfect blenders. No, you're meant to stand out. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the band a hand? Beautiful. Good job, guys. You may take a seat. Thank you. You Who loves that new song? No other king. There is no other king. We're going to sing that next weekend as well. And Thanks, Reuben. Beautiful. Thank you, buddy. Um, Reuben's amazing. And he's going to share his story. We've got a few guys sharing their story at our Night of Freedom, which is a night for men on the 13th of April. Yes. Hey, who's here for the first time with us? It's your first time. It's wonderful to have some guys. I think there were a few guys here. Met a couple down here. This is your first time, right? Beautiful. Just want to welcome you. We got, uh, I'd love you to fill one of these out so we can keep in touch with you and hang with us at the end there in the visitor's lounge. Um, I also want to give great thanks to the, the technical team at the back here. Can we thank them? <laughs> We're having a few challenges with the lights this morning, but hey, they fix it. And, uh, you know, we don't really observe them, but we observe everything they're trying to do, or we hear everything they're trying to do. Uh, They're saving my voice this morning by giving me a microphone that comes through the speakers, that ministers to you. So that's that's what they do. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Let's give those guys a hand again. 
you and I found it difficult to get up, but just um, because of the lack of the sleep last night, but just think of some of these guys were here at 8.30, which is like 7.30 in yesterday's time. Uh, That's pretty early. Okay, we're in a series right now called Stronger, and uh, we're working through the book of one Peter, uh, written by Peter, and um, we are, are... Dividing it into three sections of three weeks, we're just concluding today the first section, which is stronger in relationships. We looked at uh, becoming the person you want to date on week one, and on week two, we looked at uh, uh, um, you, you will learn to love others better when you love yourself. And today I want to look at a, a sort of broadening that out a little bit by talking about our relationships in the workplace and our relationships amongst our neighbors. And I've called this, what values do I really want to be known for? What values do I really want to be known for? Um, There was uh, a a battle on Friday night between my two favorite nations. Um, They fought it out just down the road here on the football field. And uh, and, uh, unfortunately, the the, uh, preferred nation lost. And England, England, uh, England beat the Netherlands 1-0, um, which I'm, I, I tell you, when people, people ask me whether I feel at home, I, I, what I say is, the moment I knew I was at home was the moment I could honestly say I would support the Netherlands when they play against England. Uh, when I knew I was a supporter of the orange shirt, not the white shirt, I knew I was at home. It happened maybe three, four, five years into our, our um, move here. Uh, but whilst England won on the field, they lost off the field. If you've been watching the news, you would have seen the uh, English fans drunk on the streets of Amsterdam, vandalizing everything they see, um, throwing beer at people as they pass by. They were what we call in English hooligans. This is the English service, so I'm using big English words. Is that all right? Uh, and I feel very, very embarrassed about, about my nationality. And I'm thinking of exchanging my passport <clears throat> or see if I could get a Dutch and an English one so I could turn up to the Dutch service with my Dutch passport and the English <laughs> service with my English passport. <laughs> Not that you need a passport to get in. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. And I'm going to talk to you about the importance of the values off the field. It's not about winning on the field. It's about what happens behind the scenes. It's about the values you hold. Better that you win off the pitch than on the pitch. Better that... Because what will go down in history for Friday night will not be the win that England had, but the loss they had on the streets of Amsterdam. What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be known for? That's what we're going to explore. 1 Peter chapter 2 gives us a brilliant explanation of the challenge that we need to face in the workplace. He says this in verse 11. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king or head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. 
Fear God and respect the king. You who are slaves must submit to your masters with all respect. Do what they tell you, not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they are cruel. For God is pleased when conscious of his will, you are patiently in, when you patiently endure unjust treatment. Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you're beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example and you must follow in his steps. Uh, amazing. There's a whole context about suffering in the letter of 1 Peter, and I'm going, to ch- I'm going to tackle that on the 15th of April. We're going to look at the topic of how to solve the problem of suffering, which is the big question everyone asks. What about God and suffering? And why is there suffering in the world? Well, I have the answer, and I will give it to you on the 15th of April. I've looked at the end of the book and found the answers there. So um, come on the 15th of April. Bring your friends who are asking that question. Why is there suffering? It's not a Christian question. It's a human question. If there was no God, there is a God. But if there was no God, we'd still have to answer the question, why is there suffering in the world? It's not a Christian question. It's a human question. Everyone wants the answer. And they will get it on the 15th of April, just so you're aware. We're doing that. And, um, and I've already filmed that message for Almira. We're going to have both campuses on that topic on the same day. Um, have you ever watched a movie that everyone has been raving about, uh, the, the critics are talking about, it's uh, uh, being advertised everywhere, and people are going, this is a must-go-to movie, and so you're in anticipation. You head to the, the cinema, and uh, you're sitting there excited about this movie everyone's talking about, uh, and uh, partway into the movie, uh, you're, you're sort of thinking, okay, I'm sure it's going to get somewhere at some point. I'm sure... Uh, the excitement everyone's talking about is going to grip me in just a moment. And so about 20 minutes in, you're still thinking, I, 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 I'm sure it will. At some point, this is going to get going. And, and then after about 30 minutes, you're falling asleep. And you're thinking, I wonder if I'm even in the right movie. So you nudge your neighbor and you go, what, what was the name of this movie? And they tell you, and you, oh, so we're in the right place. And this happened to me recently. This is why I'm sharing the story. And um, and uh, we're sitting in a movie, and then, it, and then, and then the next few days, you you see the Oscar awards, and and you you see that this movie's been nominated, and you're going, okay, I can understand why it's nominated. It's a sort of a contrast to the the winning option. You need a contrast, one that's not so good, and one that's really good. Uh, and then they they pull out the envelope and read that movie off the card, and you're stunned that it won the Oscar. Anybody ever? been to a movie that just did not stand out for you. So this was not a standout movie. I think I'm missing something here. Peter is dealing with this topic in 1 Peter 2, where he's going, all around you are people living out values and behaviors, and it just does not stand out. It's just not doing anything for you. You're going, yeah, but this makes no sense. People disrespecting their boss in the workplace, people cheating and, and on their taxes and, and all, all sorts of values. And, and you go, yeah, okay, I, can, I, I understand the temptation, but it's really so ordinary and boring and so normal and there's nothing stand out about it. Right here, Peter's going, but you are different. You are followers of Jesus, and so you will be that standout person. You will be that person who will be different from the rest. 
As I said earlier, Jesus didn't save us to blend in and become the, the best camouflage you can possibly be. He saved you so that you would stand out. That you were meant to be different and you're meant to look different and you're meant to feel like I'm an alien in this land and yet I'm the best version of what God has meant for me to be. And so that's really the theme running through this. I'm going to look at some values we can have that Peter talks about. Uh, but that is what he's talking about. Let's stand out. And here are some thoughts for us from this passage about how we can stand out. The first thought I have, this isn't my first point. I've only got three points. So these first three things I say aren't points. Otherwise, I'd have six points. That wouldn't be a good message. So the first thought I've got before I go into my points, first thought I have is that we stand out. We stand out by consecration to him. As we read earlier, Joshua said, uh, God said to Joshua, consecrate yourself, and then you'll see the standout thing happen amongst you. Now, we love the second part, don't we? God doing amazing things. God, I want you to do amazing things in my family. I want you to do amazing things in my marriage. I want you to do amazing things in my workplace. You're an amazing God. Do amazing things. But um, when it comes to the consecration part, we're not so sure. Oh, so I've got to give that up, and I've got to stop doing that, and I've got to surrender this. And The consecration bit is a little less enjoyable than the amazing things bit, but the two are connected. When you consecrate, you stand out. One of the things I've learned over the years is how important it is for me on a daily basis to come into God's presence. And when I'm in His presence... Nearly every day, if I'm honest with you, and, and I know I'm, I'm probably the worst amongst us. I would suffer from this more than anybody else, but I find that the presence of God reveals to me things I have to die to. Now, you won't experience this, certainly not on a daily basis. The better ones amongst you, maybe, maybe every month or so, and then there are a few of you where this might happen every year or so, because you're perfect, but I'm not. And every, every time I get in the presence of God, I feel like it brings up something, and I go... Oh, oops, here we go. Just, let's just pull this out. Here you go. This is sort of a, something I need to just get rid of. And, but you know what? I've become really thankful for that moment where God challenges me. I'm thankful because, relatively speaking, I sort of walk through life whole. And I walk through life without too many cracks or without too many weird behaviors. Not too many weird behaviors. You know, because... Because as you get in his presence and you let him work on you, as you get in his presence and you consecrate areas of your life to him, go, I die to this. You walk a little more whole. Rather than having to carry your past into the future, you can let go of your past. Even if it means you're having to regularly do it because you thought you died to it and then it comes up again. Keep on letting go. Keep on consecrating because a consecrated life is a standout life. When we stand out, sorry, we stand out, when we set apart areas of our lives. Today, some of you need to consecrate yourself to Jesus because it's been a while since you've, since you've done that. It's, you've walked away and you need to come back. Some of you need to consecrate yourself and make that decision, I'm going to get baptized. I'm no longer going to run away from that thought. I did that for so long and I got every excuse you can imagine if you need an excuse, just come to me. I'll give you one. <laughs> but in the end, I realized that my excuses were only 
an excuse to not be obedient. Consecrate. The other way we stand out is when we stand up. We just blend in with everybody else when we don't have anything we're standing up for. Peter says, do that which is honorable and righteous in your behavior. Stand up for something. Stand up for something that's good rather than something that's not good. How many of you here are diehard Ajax fans? How many of you here are maybe not diehard, but you're just an Ajax fan? You would say, I, I'm an Ajax supporter. Or I want you to stand up right now. Come on, be bold. Say, I... Be bold, bless it, be bold. Yeah, I'm, I'm for Ajax, come on. <laughs> okay, beautiful, you may sit down. If you're a Feyenoord fan, if you're a Feyenoord fan, I want you to leave immediately. <laughs> no, if you're a Feyenoord fan, I want you to stand to your feet. We love you too. Stand to your feet if you're a Feyenoord fan. No Feyenoord fans. Stand to your feet if you were born within 50 kilometers of Feyenoord Stadium. 100 kilometers. <laughs> Stand to your feet if you were born within 200 kilometers of the... <laughs> that would be all of us. <laughs> okay, let's try another one. Chelsea, if you are a Chelsea fan, I want you to stand up. Chelsea fans here. All right, Peter, we love you too. <clears throat> when you get baptized, you stand up. It's like you say, I'm standing up for Jesus. When a colleague says to you on Monday, was that you I saw on TV shouting and standing in the stadium supporting Ajax? You go, oh, yes, it was. That was me. What do you do when they go, was that you I saw going to church on Sunday? What do you do? Yes, it was. I'm for Jesus. When God asks you to stand up, do you say, I will? For many years, I ran from that thought. I thought, I hope somebody doesn't ask me about what I did on Sunday. Oh, I hope. People don't raise the topic of, of religion in any form whatsoever. And then one day I got set free, filled with the Holy Spirit, and I thought, ah, wouldn't it be awesome if someone asked me what I did on Sunday? Because <laughs> then I wouldn't have to preach to them. I'd just be answering their question. <laughs> Will you stand up? Will you stand up in your workplace? Will you stand up amongst your neighbors? Will you stand up? Because when you stand up, you stand out. Because there are not enough people standing up. Eric Little did it in 1924. Eric Little, the Olympian, uh, he ran the 100 meters in, for, for England. And in 1924, for the Paris Olympics, he was put down for the 100, which was his race, and uh, set to make a potential world record. And he was scheduled to run on a Sunday. Now, for him, um, for him he, he didn't believe in working on a Sunday. Now, you know, whether you share that thought or not, it's not important right now. The fact was that was what was important for him in the expression of his faith. And so he refused to run on Sunday, and so instead he was scheduled to run the 400 meters race later on in the week, which was not his race. As it happened, he won that one. But he made a statement. He said, I'm standing up. I don't care what people think about me. And now there's a movie written about him. I don't know any other Olympian for which a movie's been made about them other than Eric Little, who stood up for Jesus Christ. Would we stand up? Will we stand out by standing up? Will we be prepared to be different or just do what everyone else is doing? Everyone, well, everyone sleeps with their boyfriend, don't they? So why shouldn't I? <laughs> everyone drinks too much at work parties, so why shouldn't I? Everyone borrows things from work and doesn't return it, so why shouldn't I? Everyone plays with their accounts and uh, and so they pay less tax, don't they? So why shouldn't I? And, and so it can go on. 
and all you end up doing is blending in, not standing out. And I know you don't want to do that. I know you're here today because you don't want to do that. I know you're here today because you want to stand up and stand out. I'm challenging you today. Be clear about your values so you stand out and don't blend in. People don't just want to hear that you go to church. People are up to here with statements about religion. They want to know about Jesus. Yeah, but I go to church. Yeah, but you look like everybody else. Stand up for the one that matters and stand out. That's my water. I just kicked it. I used to play rugby. <laughs> you stand. I can't tell that joke in the English, in the Dutch service. They don't have any idea what rugby is. But you do. We stand out when we choose to do what no one would expect. See, the, normal, the norm says, I deserve to be paid for 40 hours, but we, say, but we say, we get to work. We get the privilege of working, and so I'll do all the hours I need to. Oh, yeah, but I should be paid for my overtime. Yeah, maybe, but it doesn't matter. I'll do it for free. Culture says, don't respect a boss who does not manage well. Counterculture is, well, I respect you anyway. What did Peter say? Respect everyone. Respect those in authority. Do as they say. We can respect anyway. What have we been holding on to? We've been holding on to our rights, our control, to the world, to the world's pattern of thinking. Or we prepare to let go, trust God, and believe that small godly steps lead to an incredible outcome, an incredible future where you stand out. Anybody want to stand out here today? I want you to stand out. I want you to shine like the brightest stars in every walk of life. I want you to feel like you're the light in your street. I want everyone in your street to know that Jesus is alive and they're only going to know that because you're there. Don't go waiting for some missionary to be sent to your street. You are that missionary God has sent to your street. Don't go praying, Jesus, show, show these guys who, who you are. Please send someone to tell them, no, you're the answer to that prayer. He has sent you to your street, to your neighborhood. Don't shut yourself away and not talk to your neighbors because you don't like them. Peter doesn't say only honor and respect those you like. He says respect those who are even cruel to you. You can be a light to whoever. When you go to work, you can be a light to the person you like and the person you do not like. It's okay to not like people, by the way, but respect them anyway. I don't like everyone. I don't even like all of you. I'm sorry. I just lied right there. Jesus, forgive me. <laughs> the pastor's allowed to lie from time to time, right? Just to show I'm normal. I like you more than I can even possibly tell. I pray for you nearly every day of my life. That's how much I like you. <laughs> but you don't have to like everyone to respect them, to love on them, to stand out in your behavior. Okay, so as we come to a close in the next two and a half minutes, I'm going to give you three points. Three ways, three values Peter points out right here. Three values you can take into your workplace and into your, your relationships and your neighborhood that will make you stand out. The first is this. It's called diligence. Everyone say diligence. Verse 12, he says, be careful to live properly. That is, give attention to, be diligent about, work on it, be, be onto it, be into it, work hard. Verse 21, God called you to do good. 
Colossians 3.22, slaves obey your earthly masters in everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you. How about that? That you would work as hard when you're not being watched as when you are being watched. That you'd get to work early even when the boss is not there. You're not turning up just so he sees you. Or she sees you. Oh, political correctness is so complicated when you're preaching. You do it whenever, not because anybody's watching you. You do it because you're devoted to Jesus and he's watching and you want to serve him. You want to excel for him. You want to work hard for him. You want to shine for him. You want to stand out because you're diligent in what you do. You give attention to what you do. You're devoted to excel in what you do. You diligence is doing it anyway, regardless of how you feel. If you wait until you get inspired, you'll never get anything done. <laughs> Some days you just got to get up and go, I'm choosing to do this. I'm choosing to work hard. I'm choosing to be, put a smile on my face. I'm choosing to care and give attention to what I'm doing because some days you have no inspiration to do it. That's called diligence. The comedian Steve Martin said this. He said, be so good that they can't ignore you. What a thought. My goodness, he must have known we were going to preach on this. Be so diligent that you will stand out, is what he meant to say. Be so diligent that you stand out. My second value is integrity. Everyone say integrity. Verse 15, he says, if, God, if it's God's will that your honorable lives, it's God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who take foolish accusations against you. Live honorably. Integrity is this. Because you need this, it's your greatest tool. Integrity is defined as doing the right thing, even if you'll suffer for it. Integrity is your beliefs, your thoughts, and your actions, and your words all lining up. That is, I say what I mean to say. That is, I say what I believe, and I do what I say. I think what I believe. So I control my mind to line up with what I believe, and I say what I think, and I think what I believe. And when I say it, I do it. I don't believe one thing and say another to you to please you and then do something else. That's not integrity. Integrity is I believe this, therefore I think this, therefore I say this, therefore I do this. You believe what you say, you mean what you say, you say what you mean, and you do what you say, and you say what you think, and you think what you say, and you're controlled about when you say what you think, by the way. You shouldn't just say what you think all the time. Um, that's not very kind. You've got to control what you say when you say it. But still, you need to mean what you say and say what you mean and mean what you think and think what you mean and mean what you believe and believe what you think you say and say it and do it. That's integrity. I remember once, I remember once, early in my career, I was working in human resources and, I, and my role at that time was to do the research for the annual pay review. This was a huge company. And so the, the, the research would then be given to the director who would then go into war, into um, negotiations with the trade union um, about what the pay rises would be or the scales of pay rises for, um, for the company. And I would do the research across the industry and see what the market's doing and see what the cost of living rises were and all that sort of thing. And so I gave him my research, walk into his office, he looks at it and he says... Uh, Oh, Steve, uh, I just need you to uh, uh, 
changed the numbers a little bit. It, it, basically, it wasn't what he was expecting. In that instant, I had to make a decision. I, res- I didn't want to disrespect him. But my value system was being compromised, potentially. And so I, I had to make a... I, I didn't want to bend to his way, but I didn't want to disrespect his way. So I, I put it like this. I basically said, I said, look, I, I just feel a little uncomfortable with that. That's all I said. I didn't, I didn't come across strong. I didn't preach at him. I, didn't, I wasn't looking resistant. I just said, look, I feel uncomfortable with that. And he, he just backed off. He said, that's fine. That's okay. That may not happen to you. You may not have someone quite as gracious in their response as that. But the question isn't how they respond. The question is, are you prepared to stay true to your godly and honorable values? And finally, the third value we hold is a value of honor. He says in verse 17, respect everyone. Fear God and respect the king. Honor and respect Everyone is worthy of respect. Respect should not be earned. Respect is given. Honor should not be earned. Honor should be given. Trust is earned. You should be slow to trust but quick to respect. We shouldn't confuse the two. I can talk politely to you, be respectful to you. If you're my boss, I'll do as as I'm told for as long as it's not compromising my values. But I may be slower to trust you. You need to prove to me that you're trustworthy. I get that. That's, that's sensible. shouldn't go around just blindly trusting everyone. But you can respect everyone. Because as you honor, you will yourself be honored. As you show respect, so you will gain respect. The question is this I'm asking you today. Because I hear this too often. They don't value me. They don't respect me. They don't pay me enough. As a believer, that should not be our question. The question should be, what am I bringing? Not what am I getting? What am I bringing to work? Am I bringing honor? Am I bringing respect? Am I bringing value? You don't have to bring your salary back. but Am I bringing respect? Am I bringing honor? It's about what I bring into the workplace, not what I'm getting from my workplace. There was a point in my career where I was right there. I was going, they don't pay me enough. They don't seem to recognize what I'm doing. They don't seem to... God nailed that attitude. I told you earlier, he does that every single day. This was one of those. <laughs> Only it took me about, I don't know, probably about a month before I really heard him. And uh, so I dealt with that. And a few weeks after that, I got, a, I got a job offer that pretty much doubled my salary within that company. I was all ready to leave because they didn't respect me. They didn't vote. I would have missed out. God honors those who honors others. He respects those who respect others. And I know it can be hard sometimes. Some of us are working for people that are really tough. I know that. My staff tell me that all the time. Some of us are working with really difficult situations. But values aren't to do with our condition. Values are not to do with our circumstances. They're to do with our choices. And I want us today to make choices. So if today you want to stand out as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, if you want to be standing out, I want you to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet if you want to stand out. You don't want to blend in. You don't want to be like everyone else. You don't want to just simply do what everybody else is doing. You want to stand out. Let me pray for you right now. Father, I thank you.
here today in this place, hearts that are open and devoted. I include myself as we pray right now. Lord, I, I pray that we would consecrate ourselves to you. I pray you'd help us where we feel afraid to stand out. Pray it help us where we feel too shy to stand out. We consecrate our hearts to you and, and we die to ourselves that Christ may freely live in and through us. May we become who you have called us to be. Consecrated people who stand up for values and honor that which is righteous. People who aren't afraid to live out of integrity to work hard and be diligent, to give careful attention to things that matter. Pray our church would be known as a church that honors and respects and delights in humanity and people. For some of you, as I said just now, a consecration may be a decision to do something. It may be that you have to take a next step that it's something you've been knowing you need to do, like baptism, if that's you, just go and speak to someone at the hub. But do you know what? The most important thing right now is that you know that you are consecrated to Jesus Christ. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, in just a moment, I'm going to pray for you. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, I'd love for you to do that right now. In just a little while, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and then you can put it back down. That's all. Just so I know who I'm praying for. Or maybe today you know you need to come back to him because you know you've not been pleasing him. The values you've been living out of aren't really his values. You need to return to him. Maybe you just haven't been praying for like weeks or months and you know that's separated you from a meaningful, intimate relationship with him. Or maybe you're just not sure you're going to heaven. If that's you, could you just raise your hand for me and then put it back down, just right where you are. Thank you. It's wonderful. Who else is there? You know, I'm talking to you. Your heart is, thank you, sir. Who else is there? Thank you. Who else is there? Wonderful. So maybe one more person. Maybe you, you know this is for you and you haven't dared to raise your hand. That's fine. I want you to pray this prayer anyway. Let's all engage with this. Let's connect our hearts to what we're about to do because when you pray this, something is going to happen in your world that maybe you didn't expect was going to happen today. So I want everyone to, sh- to pray this prayer after me. I'll say a line. You can say it after me. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. Today I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that you make me brand new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me your power to stand out. Because today I choose to stand up for you. 
in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray you bless every one of these people. Pray fill them with your presence and your power. Help them know they're in a loving family that's going to help them on their way. God, it's such a joy to serve and follow you. I thank you for the privilege of knowing Jesus. Amen. Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast. We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten. Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.